is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. So the draft is now a week expired, and I've let it marinate. I've let it sit with me, let it season like a nice steak for about a week's time. And I'm at the same conclusion that I was after the draft concluded on Saturday night. Happy with it. Great draft by the Pittsburgh Steelers. There's not it, Honestly, it's getting better and better the more and more that I sit with it. Um, we'll talk about this guy a little later in this episode. The pick I'm in love with the most is Kendrick Green, though. I, I knew you were going in that direction. It was the same way I felt about Chase Claypool last year when everyone thought, why did they pass up on J.K. Dobbins? But then we learned more and more about Chase. The more and more I've seen tape on Kendrick Green and, and heard – uh, you know, his draft report, it just seems like it's it was made to be the right pick. It just feels like the Pouncey replacement. Yeah. And, and I know that people are going to roll their eyes because just like with Friar Muth and baby Gronk at Penn State, a lot of people just associate, oh, he wears number 87. Oh, that's Gronk's number. He's like Gronk. Oh, Kendrick Green wore number 53 his senior year at Illinois. Oh, that's just like Pounce. He's going to be the next Pounce. It's not the number thing, though. It's the nasty mean streak that he has on the field. Like I said, we'll get into Kendrick Green in a little bit here. But a great pick by the Steelers in my mind. But the number one overall pick is the guy that's going to have to come in and have the biggest impact on this offense next year if they want to improve uh, their running game and just overall. And that's Najee Harris. And, you know, the talk of the town ever since his draft pick hasn't been, was it a good pick for the Steelers? Because the consensus is pretty much, uh, people in the know, the consensus is pretty much, yeah, this was a great pick. Of course, the Mel Kuypers and the national media are trying to bash it because, let's be honest, when you bash the Steelers, you get headlines. Mm-hmm. Steelers move the needle on all these national programs. They have fans all over the country, and these guys know what moves the needle. They've been doing it for a long time, and Mel knows that he can give the Steelers a C-, and he's going to start trending all over Twitter. But locally, everybody loves the Harris pick. Everybody loves the Steelers draft for the most part, and it's not about is Harris going to break onto the field next year. A lot of people are debating, is he going to hit 1,500 yards total this season? And I don't see why not, honestly. No, I don't either. I mean, when you look at Najee Harris, I mean, he's the type of guy that, uh, I mean, you've seen the highlights at Bama, and I know that's college football, but that's the minor leagues of the NFL is the SEC. And he tore up the SEC for three or you know three years, pretty much. And last year, he became a more complete running back. I think that's something that um, you know we've discussed on this show is that his receiving prowess has gotten so much better, and it got so much better in his last and year at Alabama. And that's something that Saban convinced him to come back on, Yeah, is that receiving prowess. He mm-hmm. convinced Harris, hey, you're a great running back, but come back one more year at Alabama. I'm going to work on that passing game. Mm-hmm. We're going to make you a little bit more of a receiver. These NFL teams will value that more. We'll get you in the first round. And that's... Bang. Not yeah. only to get you in the first round, you jumped NTN. You jumped guys like Chuba Hubbard. You were the first Fowler running back. You're to... the number one yeah. back now, and you yeah. weren't that in a year prior no, he, he would have come out early he wouldn't have been i mean he would have got drafted and he probably would have yeah he probably would have he would have been lost in the fray of what was a very stacked running back class last year and he would have found success but yeah, it's just sure. it, you know it's it's a lot different when you're a, a first uh, the first running back taken you're the first position guy taken that 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 says a lot about you and um with his receiving prowess and and you know we know that that ben likes to um throw the football and and maybe you know this year it's more um you know, it's more conservative and maybe there's a few more screens thrown in there. Najee Harris has proven that he can, you know, he can do a lot with the football in his hands, whether it's catching it or, or, or running it out of the backfield. I mean, um, I think Najee Harris is, is, you know, prone to have a huge year. And I know that that's all predicated on the offensive line and there's still question marks with the offensive line, but at the same time, 
if you have a dynamic runner, it doesn't make the offensive line look as bad. I mean, Jacob brings up that uh, Ben's Super Bowl speech all the time when he said, oh, line, who's laughing now? I mean, you know, a good offense and dynamic players can negate, uh, you know, right. a mediocre or, a, you know, a little bit below mediocre. Not saying that I think that's where the Steelers O-line is with the addition of a couple guys. But, I mean, that negates that. That that makes the offensive line not look as bad. And if Najee Harris is, is, is the player that everybody seems to think he is, which, I mean, all signs point to that he is, you know, at Alabama, I mean, I think he's due to have a huge year. I mean – Looking at offensive rookie of the year, like betting lines, he's plus fifteen hundred um, for the rookie of the year, and that and obviously quarterbacks are thrown into sure. that. But I mean, that's not a bad that's not bad value for a yeah. guy that is going to get probably twenty carries every single game. And you know, again, I know that he's probably behind a you know a little bit better than par or a little bit worse than par uh, offensive line. But that might not matter just because of the player that he is. And it may not even be that way, Kellen, because right. with the additions of Kendrick Green and, and uh, other guys, I mean, this could be a legitimate offensive line. Stan Savern yesterday on his show floated out the idea that Eric Fisher is still out there unsigned. Now, it would probably be a deep cut into the Steelers' pocket. But if they can make it work, I mean, that's a huge deal for them. I don't know if that's likely to happen. But going back to another point you made about rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, there were, what, five wide receivers taken in the first round alone? And typically, you know, a running back is going to be more impactful than a single receiver, A.B. obviously being the exception of what we saw in, in his peak of play from, what, 2013 to 2017-ish. So other than that, I mean, you look at guys like Waddle and Devontae Smith and even uh, Tony who got uh, – and that trade pick uh, with the Giants and the Bears, I mean, the Giants were happy with taking him, even though they had traded back in the first round. They still wanted a guy like Kadarius Toney. You have five receivers go, and five receivers just aren't as likely to make an impact. And so I'm ecstatic that the Steelers got a guy like Najee Harris, who is a singular guy, right? You know, when you look at the wide receiver versus the running back, the receivers are a core. The running back is a man, and, and alone in his position. So... I do think in terms of making an impact, Najee Harris has probably the highest ceiling in terms of what he can do for his team of of position players other than Kyle Pitts because I think Kyle Pitts is by far and away going to be maybe the most dynamic offensive rookie we see this year. I believe Najee Harris is about third or fourth as far as the, you know, Rookie of the year odds are concerned in the NFL. The early position odds. players wise, position players. Yeah, wise. it's Lawrence, obviously Fields, Wilson, Lance, Jones, Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, and then Najee Harris. Jamar Chase, really? I mean, they're at both. They're both at the same odds at plus okay, fifteen hundred. Okay. It makes Najee sense that he would be the third or, or tied for second as far as a position player yeah. is concerned. I mean, the quarterbacks are the quarterbacks there. are going to go first, obviously, yeah. because even if the team has success around a quarterback, that's right. going to elevate the quarterback to being a rookie of the year. Uh, honestly, I would put Trevor Lawrence at number one, obviously, but then I'd have Jamar Chase or Najee Harris or Kyle Pitts right there. Behind I would put him Kyle in front Pitts of two. Kyle Pitts two, and then. Maybe Justin Fields. Why are people but so high on Jamar Chase? I don't know why people are high on Jamar Chase. I don't know why people are so high on Mac Jones ahead of everybody. Maybe just yeah. because they think that's the Belichick. Trey Lance is a weird one, too, because I don't he even know if Trey Lance play. is going to make it on yeah. the field this season. So that's weird. Maybe, but again, maybe quarter- Jamar Chase because of the three guys who were taken in the top 
whatever, 15 of wide receivers chase Devontae Smith. And he was the first Waddle. one taken. That, and he is, like, the best quarterback available to him between Jalen Hurts and Tua. That's Maybe fair. They, they believe most in Joe Burrow. That's fair. If that line can protect Joe Burrow enough right, to take exactly. him to throw the ball to Jamar Chase, of course, though. So, yeah, I think that's a fair place for him to land in the rookie of the year odds. Uh, like we said, you're not going to jump in front of the quarterbacks, especially this early on in the process. But it's clear that the NFL or the odds makers view him as one of the most impactful rookies in this draft Absolutely. class. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think the Steelers benefited big time here from kind of, you know, a sliding scale going too far in the wrong direction. And that's what I'm referring to is the way that teams value running backs in the NFL. And yeah, we've talked a lot on this podcast. You get your Saquon Barkley's and you get your Ezekiel Elliott's and you get your Leonard Fournette's still where they're going to be top five picks no matter what. They just transcend the position of running back to the point where they could be a Barry Sanders type and they can impact a game and, and if your offensive line is average and your quarterback is below average, if you have a running back like him, he can steal you a couple games. And if it's not those guys, it's kind of become the consensus thought that you don't pick a running back in the first round. If they're not a slam dunk Saquon Barkley type, you wait until the second round to get your back because their shelf life just isn't that long in the NFL. And I honestly think that that pendulum has swung way too far in the other direction. I think that, there are guys, and I think Harris fits this mold, that are still fringe top 10 picks, still top 15 picks at the very least, and teams shy away from that because yeah. they're just getting drilled into this habit of, oh, you can't pick a running back that early. Oh, this isn't – we don't look at Najee Harris like Saquon Barkley. He's not a complete game changer. We're going – to wait until the second round to pick a running back. We can't waste, quote-unquote, a pick this early on someone who might not be here four to five years down the road because the shelf life is so short. And I'm thankful for that, honestly, because you know I, I think if teams just operated kind of like they had before this run on running backs being pushed back towards uh, later in the draft happened. He wouldn't have been there. I think he's gone in the top 10 maybe yeah. this year, maybe top 15 for sure. You know, I, I think a team looks at him and says, hey, for the next four years, I've got a bell cow back. Let's yep. let's roll with him for t and, and see if he can earn that second contract or, or not. But either way, I'm going to get a couple of good years out of this top 10 pick. So I, I think the Steelers got incredibly lucky as far as just the way the NFL as a league views the running back position. And if teams picked players based on just their complete skill level, regardless of position, I don't see any way Najee Harris makes the 24. His position is the reason why he was still there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's, that's a given at this point. And um, really quick, I, I don't know what the reasoning is um, that, that, um, you know that, that running back has become so, like taboo to take in the first you round. Know, it's probably right. they get injured and you know they're getting hit thirty times a game. Yeah, I, I don't understand it that much either. But I guess it's just the shelf life and the the worry that you're going to waste the top ten pick on a guy that might only play fifteen to thirteen to fifteen games this year. Going to miss a couple for you. Yeah, I mean I get that, but at the same time, you know I don't understand that that way of thinking because when you look at the landscape of the NFL now and how you know. I mean, look at the quarterbacks, for example. I mean, that the sure. last quarterback draft, you know, with, with Wentz, and none of those guys were on the teams that originally yeah. drafted them. So, you know what I mean? Like, the way that the NFL works now, guys are leaving teams and going to chase money and things like that. There's a lot of guys in the league that don't um, get their second contracts sure. with the team because they outplay their contracts. Right. So, why, know, should, so why should running backs be treated right? That, that's how I look at it, and I, I don't understand that. Honestly, I don't really I don't really get that sort of thinking, but... Um, you know, I'm, I'm like you said, Tom, I'm glad that 
you know, it did happen this year because of the fact that if Najee Harris was a wide receiver, he's not there this year. You know, I know that that's a weird comparison, but if he plays a different position and he's the top at his position, he's not there when the Steelers draft at 24. I mean, there are guys that went in front of him. Obviously, linemen are a different story because mm-hmm. it's a completely different position, but there are skill position guys that went before Najee Harris that I think Najee Harris is better than. Right. Rashad Bateman. Right. And it's just Kedarius the fact Tony, that they who I, played wide. Who I named earlier. Yeah. Just the fact that they play wide receiver and it's a more quote unquote valued position in the NFL, they got picked ahead of Najee Harris. Now, the Giants who picked Tony aren't going to pick a running back. Right. But they have still, they, same with Baltimore who picked Bateman. They have JK Dobbins. But the Dobbins, point still right. remains that. Yeah. It's weird. Najee Harris is better than some of the guys, and, and even linemen, even though it's a different position. Some linemen were taken that probably won't have as big of an impact on their team as Najee Harris would have, and it's honestly, again, just because of that NFL stigma against running backs. Yeah. Thank uh, God for the stigma. <laughs> but as everything, I wonder if you see Najee Harris having a great rookie season, 1,500 total yards, and on top of that, you see Etienne have a good year in Jacksonville as the, the split back with James Robinson maybe you'll start to see the pendulum swing back and correct itself, as it often does in leagues. Leagues adjust one way, and then when teams counteract that, they swing back towards the other way and, and go back and forth as far as style. So maybe you'll see running backs become a little bit more valued if these guys pan out, of course, and if future classes pan out as well. Yeah, I think that's something that could definitely happen. I mean, I, again, I just don't understand that idea you know and everyone says oh you could wait on a running back and they use the example you know like well, you i don't just... get that idea i don't get that when you apply to the steelers this year no right it's like you weren't you have to all the running backs are yeah. gone pretty much when you would right. pick your second pick so yeah you you had to reach quote unquote a little bit they didn't even reach because it's not your no, first round pick but you had to as far as the eyes of the league are concerned or people who think that they are smarter than us as far as evaluating the draft and all you can't pick a running back until that pick number 33 shows up. It's got to be a second round only thing. You have to make that pick. If you're the Steelers, you need a running back and you're not going to get any of the big three if you sit around and wait. So you have to pull that trigger. You have to be aggressive as far as that's concerned. Yeah. And you see a lot of people still, you know, um, in in Pittsburgh and in media type saying, Oh, you could have got Creed Humphrey. You could have got a tackle and you maybe you get a, a, a third round running back like Trey Sermon or something like that. And yeah, in most years, that's the way it works. And that's what the Steelers have done. But the problem is, is that that's what the Steelers have done for the last handful of years. And it hasn't worked. So, you know what I mean? You had to think differently this year. You, you go back to Mike Tomlin's press conference at the end of the year last year. He said, we're not going to do the same things over and over again and expect different results. That's the definition of insanity. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, that, you know, people in Pittsburgh are, are lulled into thinking, uh, you know, going the same route over and over and over again. But you got to look for different results. And I think... That's one of the reasons, too, that the Steelers said, you know what, we have to go up and get – we have to take a running back in the first round this year because of the fact, like, we, we've we tried the let's wait on a running back and get get one in the third round or, or get one late. And guess what? I mean, nothing against Benny Snell. I think he's a, a fine change of pace guy, a fine short yardage guy, but he's not a starter in this league. Any, any of the 32 NFL teams would say if their starting running back at the moment was Benny Snell and Najee Harris was there at their pick. They're taking Najee Harris taking every Najee time. Harris, it, absolutely. I, I mean, it, it's, it's a no-brainer. And, again, I don't understand – you know, even to this day, I mean, all three of us like the draft and like the pick of of Najee Harris. But even, you know, today there are people that are still like, oh, you should have went out and got a lineman and got Trey Sermon in the third round. 
yeah, but you got the best position, like the best guy at his position. I still don't understand that way of thinking. I really don't. You were going to take like the fourth or fifth best lineman in the first round right. at that point. Right. You were going to take whatever, the second best tight end at that point. You did still get the second best tight end. Yeah, you did. In the second round. You were going to, if you picked a corner, there was already the top corners that had gone. Mm-hmm. It was the only position of need that they had that they were going to get the number one player right. at that position group. So it's a no-brainer. I mean, No you question. Would, you would have to be extremely extremely down on the value of running back if you were to pass on that if you were kevin colbert and he's clearly not right. he mentioned benny snell and he can be a good change of pace back is he the guy at number two right now coming into training camp i mean i guess obviously he'd have to be because that's what the roster says right now but is there any chance that a veteran who matt williamson was saying earlier this week you're going to see a lot of movement in the nfl in the next couple of weeks veterans are going to be getting cut rosters are going to look completely different there's going to be names on the free agent heap that weren't there uh when the draft happened so is there going to be a running back that maybe the steelers want to kick the tires on and come in as a second back or in your guys's mind is benny snell good enough to be the number two guy behind Najee harris May in my I'll just say my piece I think he's good enough as long as Najee Harris is healthy for all seventeen games. Right. If there's a point where Najee's down for a stretch of four and or five, I don't start. know if Benny Snell can be a starter for that long. I mean, yeah, four or five. I, I hear you there. I mean, if it's for like two, like two or one or two, okay, game, you can whatever, live with that. With yeah, pass the ball a lot that game, right? Or whatever. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and you don't forget, you know, you you brought in Kalen Bellage for a reason. I'm not saying that you know he's going to be the answer at two or, or anything like that or it makes a huge difference but if if Najee goes down for a game or two you have him as well to go along with Benny and don't forget about Anthony McFarland who you know showed flashes last year he has you know breakaway type speed like like boosters for speed but at the same time um, you know your question is about Benny solely I, I don't know I, I guess he's the number two just by default, I suppose. Um, I, you know, I mean, there's not really much else to go off of. Um, I'm okay with him being the number two, like you said. If you know, if, if all things work out with Najee and he's not out for you know four or five games, and and you don't have to have Benny play, um, you know, four or five games or start four or five games. And and I know last year a lot of people were calling for Benny Snell to start over Connor, at least in the beginning of the year. Um, but at the same time, you know, Najee Harris isn't isn't James Conner you know I right. think that's something that a lot of people are losing is oh well last year everybody was saying that Benny Snell should have been the starter over James Conner yeah and I was one of those people you know but at the same time Najee Harris isn't James Conner like these are these are not two of the same player these you know Najee Harris I mean knock on wood he's he, he he's not even played in the league yet and you know you look at James Conner and all the injuries that he had dealt with that that's one of the reasons too So, yeah, I mean, I know last year everybody was high on Benny Snell, but this is a completely different situation. So, um, you know, I guess to answer the question, yeah, I'm okay with him being the two, but we'll see. I think it's an interesting narrative that that we've been having is the fact that pre-draft, you know, we were really down on these guys, Snell and McFarlane and Jalen Samuels even. But that was because they were the only guys, right? And before James Conner got traded or got signed with the, the Arizona Cardinals, it was James Conner who was could have been the lead guy, and those would have been the backups. It's a whole different story. It's a whole different conversation when it's Najee Harris who's your starter, and those are your backups. You can live with Najee Harris playing 16, 17 games, and those guys just coming in because Najee Harris is a three-down back. There's no way around it. He can go out there and, and play all three downs on a drive and all in all different types of situations. And 
the fact that you would only see Benny Snell or Jalen Samuels or Anthony McFarlane once or twice or maybe three times a game is totally fine, you know, as a Steelers fan or as as Mike Domlin. I mean, that's what you would rather, to see them only out there a couple of times, get them just a couple of snaps. Maybe if, not, maybe if Najee just needs a little rest or something, that's fine. You know, but if it's James Conner who's out there and Benny Snell is playing 50% of the snaps and Anthony McFarlane's playing 30% of the snaps, that's not what you want. I think it's interesting now seeing that they picked Jalen Samuels and Anthony McFarland uh, last year and then the year before that. They did that, I think, as a reaction to James Conner not being that great in the passing game and trying to bring in a back that can be more dynamic, play as a wide receiver, kind of get that Le'Veon Bell aspect of the backfield back into the offense. Now with Najee Harris, you've got a guy who does all of that and is your three down back on top mm-hmm. of that. So you kind of rendered those two guys obsolete with one pick of Najee Harris. And it's going to be interesting to see which one of those two makes the roster because I think one is certainly going to be on the chopping block, maybe Jalen Samuels since he's a little bit older than Anthony McFarland is. But again, it's just I get the Steelers having to make those picks at the time, trying to find a dynamic pass catcher to use in their backfield when James Conner just wasn't that. But now when you got Najee Harris, those picks certainly do kind of seem like a waste at this point because Harris does all of those things better than they do, and he's also going to be your bell cow three down back in the running game as well. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I understand your point there. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. to course, be fair. Of course, of course, of um, course. But how are they going to know that they were going right, to get Najee You have Harris? no idea. I mean, They didn't how, even know who Najee Harris was in two, sure. two years ago. I mean, he didn't put himself on the map until last year. Right, right, right. I, I hear you. Um, and again, I, you know, um, you, you, the thought process bringing those guys in is that you need a more dynamic pass catcher. You need something different in the passing game. But the problem is, you know, taking it to an on the field perspective, when when Jalen Samuels would come into a game, everybody knew what the Steelers were going to do. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have any running prowess. And I know he had that game against the Patriots where he ran for like 135 yards, but the Patriots let him do that. They, they were like, if, if you're going to give the ball to Jalen Samuels, 25 times have at it we'll let you do it Um, I mean I know the Steelers won that game and they kind of played into their own hand a little bit but um, you look at a guy like Jalen Samuels I think he's the most likely to end up going Um, and I mean just because they just I think part of that is that he hasn't been that effective in his NFL career and by the way they they brought in Anthony McFarlane last year I don't think they're going to give up on a guy that has that type of you know speed I don't know how you're going to use him considering you brought in um you know you brought in uh you brought in Najee Harris and he's probably going to have you know 40 snaps a game you know he's probably going to touch the ball 30 times a game um if all goes right I don't know how you use the other running backs like you said Tom it is going to be interesting because of the fact that you know h- how do you incorporate you know, Najee Harris, Benny Snell, Kalen Balage, and Anthony McFarland. I mean, are you going to carry four running backs when you really, I mean, in a perfect world, you only need one or two. I, I don't know how yeah, you incorporate right. all four guys. I know there's certain packages and there's, you know, maybe, maybe one guy's better at pass blocking or whatever it is, but it's a really interesting situation when you have four guys, when now you bring in, a, you bring in a guy like we've, we all agree that is a, is a three down back that can, you know, play the passing game too. How do you use the other three? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think that's a very tough spot that they're going to be in as Super far as tough. the offense is concerned. And 
Like I said, I don't know if you do use all three. No, I don't think you like, can. I just don't think that you can. I and mean, maybe it comes down to like specials or, you know, can they do other things? You know what I well, mean? That's a that's a spot where they could carve themselves out on this roster. Yeah. You know, if they can look in the mirror and tell themselves, look, now, the, a stud just came in at our position group. I mean, I wasn't really going to push for the starting job regardless, but I was at least pushing for playing time. Now this freak is here. And if he pans out, he's going to take... 95% of the snaps because you know Mike Tomlin loves to just feed that number one guy. Special teams is my only option here. And I got to get good at punt coverage. Yeah. I got to get good at blocking on returns. I'm a speedy guy. Maybe I can show a little something in the return game. Not going to say that you're going to dethrone Ray Ray McLeod, but <laughs> right, hey, Ray, right, Ray, Ray Ray might get hurt. Yeah, so you right. never know when you're going to need somebody else back there. And then running, running backs isn't very popular position no. to do that. But, Kellen, I think you're exactly right. I think that they got to look at the mirror and they got to say specials is probably my best chance to secure myself in this running back room. And just thinking off the top of the head, like, Benny Snow was really good at that his, his, Great his rookie year. Yeah. He was really and good at And he loves specials. playing at special teams. So there you go. Maybe that's a way that Benny, you know, I mean, obviously, right now we're assuming that— I think that, Benny's safe, though, no matter what. Yeah, I think it's more the Samuels, the McFarlands, right. the Bellage that need right. to find the special teams niche. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Benny's probably going to make the team because he's probably the second back I would right say now. even if they bring in a veteran, he's the third back. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, he's probably safe no matter what. Yeah, if I they agree. bring in another another guy, for... if they bring in like a veteran to be the backup, I don't see how they'd cut Benny Snell. I mean, anyway. they brought in Balaj, so I don't see. Would they bring in another guy? I don't know. Yeah, it depends I don't know on either. who's on that scrap. And that's five running backs. But they would cut. Going they would the definitely camp. cut. Sure. McFar McFarlane and Samuels at that point probably. I don't hopefully, think. I hopefully think, hopefully was, I think Samuels, maybe Samuels. I think Samuels just because you like can't signing McFarlane. Signing Balage was not like a okay. Balage, you're on the roster. It's like a fix of the position. It's yeah. it's just to fill out the depth. There's a band aid the at room. the time. Yeah. yeah. In case you didn't get Najee or Etienne yeah. or, or Javante Williams. And now you've got backs to come into camp with. But just because he was signed to a free agent roster does not mean right. Balage is guaranteed a spot out of training camp. No, right. Not but, at all. still get cut. But at the same time. Why you know? I know hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know you're going to get Najee Harris, but if you even think that you have a shot, you know why bring in a guy like that that isn't a for sure thing. But I, you know, I understand it at the same time. It's got to be exciting though for a guy like Matt Canada to have a player like Najee oh, Harris I'm sure. because again, it's not just what he can do in the running game, and he's great at you know between the tackles, bouncing it outside. He can do pretty much anything as far as that's concerned, and that opens up offenses so much more. But Again, it's that ability that Najee has to spread the field in the passing game mm. and to be so dynamic on screen passes that it's Matt Canada's, you know, it's his dream as far as a running back and as far as a skill position player is concerned on this offense. Now the only real pressing question is, will the offense be run the way that the offense is yeah. supposed to be run? And that falls on Big Ben. It does, yeah. It absolutely falls on Big Ben. And, and we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I made this point uh, the last time we did these, you know, right, out on the, the, right after the draft, that you know, if, if you're Mike Tomlin, if you're Kevin Colbert and company, you're kind of looking at Ben like, all right, we brought in this guy. We used a first-round pick right. on a running back. We better use him, you know, and – I, I don't know how you know much credence there was. I mean, I'm sure there's some last year that Ben was changing. I mean, every time they ran an RPO, it was a pass. This year, you can't afford to do that. And even more so when you when you use a first round pick on a running back that you you know you're kind of putting all the chickens in this basket here. You got to use them, and I'm sure that's a message that kind of was sent loud and clear without really having to have the dialogue between you know Tomlin, Colbert, and Ben. It's letting him know, like, we have to use this guy this year. Right. I Do you guys find it interesting that Ben hasn't come out and said anything? I mean, it's only been a week. 
but hasn't said like welcome to the team or anything along nah, those I'm lines. I'm sure he's called him though. I'm sure he's texted or called a lot of them. Yeah, I, like it's a draft that Ben's loves. It's it's all it's offense. Big Ben's draft. Much, you yeah. got a running back. You got a tight end. You got two offensive linemen in the first four picks. I mean, yeah, that's a big good. Ben draft right there. He cannot complain. Yeah, and if no, he does, just, I do not want to hear it. I'm just asking: is is it odd we haven't publicly heard anything? No, I, I don't know if we'll hear from Big Ben until we, we get closer won't. towards the summer rookie mini camps, yeah. towards uh, mini camp in general, or maybe even training camp until we hear yeah. from Big Ben number seven. That's gonna do it for this episode. I said we'd get to Kendrick Green. We definitely will, but you'll have to tune into the next episode to hear our thoughts about that. Also, another former lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the move. <laughs> definitely want to sink our teeth into that topic as well. So thanks for listening to this episode of Steelers Standard, but make sure you tune into the next one. You can find all of our podcasts at Steelers.com. You can also subscribe to them and download them at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. For Jacob Brecht and Kellen Gersky, I am Tom Opperman. We will talk to you on the next episode of Steelers Standard. Thank you, as always, for listening.